I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Feel Good Friday, our weekly segment where we dive into the weird and wild news in the world of health. This week, cybernetic organisms reign supreme. The Pope, psychopath daddy, please let me smell your armpits. (laughs) Oh, please. 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 I actually can't wait to get to that one because it's a... (laughs) It's a very, very funny story. Um, well, guys, uh, we're back into the new year. I didn't say this last week. I'm just going to say this. Uh, last Friday, Feel Good Friday, the 198th episode, where it was just the two of us, you and me, Tay. Mm-hmm. That, was my bir- Friday. that was my birthday. It was your birthday. So if you're listening to this, Jersey, you're it's older. okay. You can message me and say happy belated birthday. <laughs> it was 36 guys it was my birthday 36. in august if you want to message me and yeah. say happy yeah. belated you sure birthday you're 36 you're not 35 i am 36 uh yeah i'm pretty yeah, sure you are. yeah i'm 36 yeah yeah uh what year is it 2024 Four. and i was born in 1988 oh, yeah. uh i am 36 right you are oh. 36 yeah. okay yeah thanks right yeah yeah um you're two i will say this i actually i actually got really sad on my birthday this year why I didn't uh, prep this. This was not meant to be in, in the episode. And we got a long episode. So maybe let's not stick on this for too long. But uh, yeah, I got really bummed out. And uh, I didn't know why. I had no idea. And, and I was talking to Kira about it. And I was just like, I was really sad. And, uh, and so I was at therapy yesterday. And that was, that was what I brought up. And um, just through talking it out with my therapist, there was like this kind of, uh, this is the first year. So, so my whole life, uh, my birthday has been like a big, big event for myself and like my mom, uh, and mm-hmm. I guess my whole family, but like really my mom, my mom really makes it evident every year. She's like, mm-hmm. wow, another year. She <laughs> posted a great photo to go along with her to, to show her pride. I wish I had that prep. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put it in here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can see right here. Uh, and that's me. That's half my face. Um, so uh, let me just make note of that so we remember uh, 2.30. The awesome photo. Um, so yeah, so uh, and every year, pretty much every single year of my entire life, even in my 30s, I've had a birthday party. And, uh, and again, for folks who aren't like, maybe you're not aware, but I have CF and my whole life I thought I was going to be, be dead by 30. And so like tur- turning another year is a big deal. This is the first year where I think like, I don't know, like, like deep down subconsciously, there was this feeling of like, well, who cares now? Like, but there's no, it's not special now. You know, it's like, you you know, the, like, I I mean, I don't know if I've heard you guys say this, but I've heard people before be like, who's having a fucking birthday party in their thirties? You know, like who gives a fuck about your birthday? And, and I've always been like, well, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I do because it's a big deal for me. I felt that way, but my 
my own birthday. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like, well, I'm, I'm a grown ass man. I don't need a birthday yeah. and party. And it's not, uh, for me, it wasn't that. It's not that. It's not like I'm grown up now and I, I don't need to celebrate no. it. It's just, it, I genuinely feel like most days I enjoy being alive and sure. like celebrate the experience sure. of being alive. And so like, I don't need to celebrate the anniversary that I came out of my m- mom's body. Oh, interesting way of putting it. I thought you were going to say something else. I, it, he didn't I was come C-section. out of a vagina. Yeah. Thought he was going to say something else. Other than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like I, I, mean, that, pussy. <laughs> oh, <okay>. I was a C-section <laughs> baby, but, oh, yeah, but right, that's right. why I've, my mom's I belly I'm, button. Also, you know what? Maybe if, if I'm honest and like I dig into that a, a little bit, like not even that far, maybe it's because I feel like a bit of like, Oh, why? Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll say it. Like, why, why should somebody celebrate this day for me when everybody has that? Like, why should I be so special that like, we're going to get everybody together and celebrate that? Like, I don't, sure. I don't feel, I feel a bit uncomfortable with the idea and I, I don't know why that is. Maybe yeah. I need to talk like to my therapist. I feel, about I feel it. like there's totally two sides to it. Like yeah. there's like a, there's like, there's, there's probably a sense of like, well, you know, it's kind of like Christmas. Yeah. It's like it, 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 that, that was what it was like for me. It's extremely important for a period of time. And yeah. then it's sort of just, uh, and then it sort of becomes a normalized sort of experience where you're kind of like, eh, it's not as important. That's anymore. what I related it to with my therapist where I was like, it feels like all of a sudden every year you're like Christmas. Yes. Fucking Christmas is the best. Santa's coming. And then all of a sudden it was like, uh, the magic of Christmas is gone. And like the magic of my birthday feel felt gone. And that I, I, I think that just, that just really fucked me up. And then there was also the kind of like maybe the realization and I, and I know that this might sound silly to someone out there, but it's, it's true. It's real. And this is all a part of this, like this sort of journey with a life changing medication. There's a lot of mental fuckery that goes with it, but there's this, there was this sense of like, I'm 36. Fuck man. Like I, one of the best parts about CF, was the guarantee or, you know, the perceived guarantee that I don't have to get old. You know, like I was sitting in the sauna yesterday across from this guy who he was quite old You know, he was like in his, maybe in his seventies, he's at the gym every day. And this man, he looks like he is just he, not in his face, not like a grimace, but like just by the shape of his body, he looks like he is just always in pain. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I was looking at him in the sauna going, fuck. You need more time. In the sauna. This is like, that. like, this is something that maybe I have to deal with now. Whereas before it was like, yeah, like live hard, die, like live fast, die young. That's the, you know, that became like a, like it felt good to think about life that way. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, now, now I might be 80. Um, I know that that's like a really fucking privileged and like, (laughs) like maybe shitty thing to say, but again, it's just the mental fuckery of your life worldview shifting and going through Mm. those sort of growing pains. But But you could kind of find like you, you could, I don't know how exactly you would find this. I know you don't, I know that we said we weren't going to go in on this, but like you could, or maybe something will allow you to like refine something that makes you feel the same way about your birthday as you did before. Like, for me with Christmas, having a kid has like completely, totally has come completely revamped the way that I feel about Christmas. I went through a very large period of time, a decade plus where I was like, fucking who cares about Christmas? Same as like uncle status, like Christmas. I fucking love Christmas with the boys. It's It's awesome. Totally different. 
yeah. makes it like just b- brings back what it was yeah. for me as a kid and allows me to like to like re-enter that headspace mm-hmm. and, and like offer that to Zaya. And- yeah. And I, I don't think I'm going to have a problem doing that. Uh, um, it was just the first time where it sure. kind of sunk in and it just made me feel feels. But I love Kira, my partner, and shout out to Kira because I canceled my birthday plans in a panic like the day before. And then she went ahead and made sure that that didn't, wasn't the case. And so thank you to everyone who showed up for my birthday. Uh, and, uh, and thanks for the wonderful gifts. Uh, and, and yeah, so, so if you're hearing this, come on over to Discord. Wish me a happy birthday. Oh, Brian, I just gave you total vices for your birthday. I know. I know. And, and I'm like, guys, I'm going to quit drinking. And, and you're like, cool, here's a bottle of scotch. And Brian's like, here, here's some nicotine. And I'm like, fuck yeah, live fast, die young. Um, before we get into the goods, I want to read a quick YouTube comment from, uh, from our episode, Is There a Link Between ADHD and Hoarding? A Feel Good Friday episode uh, from a few weeks back. Uh, Alina popped on and said, hey guys, I've been a fan of your podcast since two years ago. But this is the first time I actually watched this on YouTube. Wow, you took you took you look so different from what I've imagined all this time. You make me laugh every time. I relate to Brian, smiley face, ADHD person. So I will say, uh, uh, Alina, thank you so much for watching on the YouTube. And if you want to join Alina and come on over to YouTube and truly see some faces that are only meant for radio, come on over to YouTube and look at how ugly we are. Let's get right into it. And the set's really beautiful. So like, <laughs> check out the fucking and, set. And Alina, you're not, you're not like, I, I guess you are an outlier. Keep vamping while I go uh, take care of some business. You are an outlier in the sense that there are a lot of people who listen and there are not a lot of people who watch on YouTube. So I feel personally like YouTube is a bit of an exclusive club. Of totally. Like, that's like the next level tier of, of sick boy listeners or or viewers and and like we talked about this a lot over the past year and it's 2024 and we're like setting new goals for the new year and you know not a lot of people watch this on youtube but we put a lot of effort into it and uh we enjoy doing it so hopefully um we'll see you over there and the set looks really nice it does. (laughs) i'm not just bringing that up to fill space because jerry's over on the computer now trying to figure something out but the set looks really nice. We spent a decent amount of money on it. And <laughs> like the chairs, I mean, these chairs, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I want them in my house. Um, this beautiful brick wall that we have, although um, probably not great for our health um, <laughs> in general, it's really like, it looks really nice on camera. Um, got some really great stuff. So you know what? Sometimes I I feel like there's um we've heard this before from our live shows, but um one 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 time a person came up to me and made the comment after one of our live shows that that uh, some of the jokes that don't land in audio make so much more sense when you see the look on like your guys's faces when yeah. I say something dumb. Yes. And that doesn't translate to audio that well, but I feel like it translates pretty well to video. So, All right. You so, guys suck so, at vamping. So Let's a, get back into the show. But that's and, a good uh, call. If you, if, you, if, if you hear something that you go, that wasn't funny at all. Re, go to YouTube, re-listen to the joke that you thought was horrible, and you might find you might find a different angle for it. Um, all right. So uh, let's get into our first video of the week. Uh, Taylor, did you have to do this when you and Kyla went to make a baby through the, the miracle of science as opposed to the miracle of God? 
So this is a uh, an automatic sperm extractor machine, um, which is being used over in, I believe, Japan. Um, wow. <laughs> and so for folks who can't see this, it is a fleshlight uh, built into a wall. It's, it's, a, it's a fleshlight glory hole. Um, it just sucks the cum right out of your dick. Uh, and it's 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 meant for. I guess it, there's a lot of embarrassment with. I don't know. I guess going into the hospital and jerking off into a cup. So they, so they just made wall fuck machines. <laughs> and dude, I'm telling you right now, it's hilarious. This looks really fun. Uh, honestly, dude, I feel like I would be more embarrassed. I feel like I'd be more embarrassed using that machine. Yeah. I did not have to use one of those. It would have been hilarious if it was an option. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll give you a, a brief story about what that looks like. Um, so I've done two sperm samples. Yeah. One was a, a very general one where I could just do it at home and then just put it in the cup, drive over to uh, hospital buildings, drop it off. That's it. But then that's a, that's a general one. Where they when you brought it over, did they look at the cup and go, that's it? <laughs> no, but that is a that is a that is a hilarious, um, not something that I'm self conscious about, but something that I did clock as like I wonder if I, I bet people do become self conscious about that when they're carrying their cum in a cup to get to some like some woman behind a desk. Well, I just like, bet there's a go. I bet there's a lot of people that go. I don't really know what my quantity, how my quantity stacks up. Right, is there right. like I've I've never thought of that to be something self-conscious about like that like that until like your you load have, size yeah. isn't, I think, I think isn't sufficient I think there's some people that think that that's like a that's a a sort of like uh, a sort of marker for like your masculinity a, like a, like or something. point of pride yeah. really doesn't that wouldn't it depend kind of on like how often you you jerk off to like if you're if you're like frequently masturbating you you must have smaller a smaller quantity of sperm per um per yeah, event sure. it depends. Sure. i mean i think it, i think it really every, depends on your body every three or four days it goes back it would go back yeah. to the same amount but i feel like some people some people just fire hose spirit. like it is just well, here's a fun fact awful uh brian you're probably not familiar with peter north but you're i'm sure you're familiar with peter north it's from here peter north is from halifax yeah. peter north is is like is famous for having the biggest big loads the biggest semen load big loads. Uh, 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 ever in porn he's a lawyer oh sorry we're talking about two different dudes. Right, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Big yeah. case look. <laughs> but, anyway, yeah, uh, right. but anyway, I went into the... So the second time where you do a more detailed sperm analysis, for whatever reason, I think they need it to be like... Like they analyze it almost immediately. So you do it at the fertility clinic. <clears throat> go into a room. It's a very sterile, like blank looking room. There is a, uh, a sort of like worn out, um, like mid 2000s leather chair um oh, with no. a with a with a with um with like a disposable pad that's on the ass seat oh. uh because like they're expecting you to sit down in the chair naked obviously so they you know to, for sanitary for sanitary reasons i'm a stand you, i'm a stand and whack and then it, there's a I? and then there's a then there's like a like an old look did you sit uh yes i did and then do you know the um Taylor, Taylor didn't sit. He got on his hands and knees <laughs> and did it into the cup like a cow. You know the um, milking you know, into you know, a the, fucking. See, this is how it's. This is why it's impossible to tell a short story. You know, so there's um. We weren't supposed to talk when the video was played. You know the um. You know the uh. You know like the old coffee table that you probably had as a kid, where like there's a period of time that I've come to now know, 
through being a father that there's some things in your house that you just go, this thing won't be nice. And I'm intentionally not making it nice or I'm intentionally not giving a fuck about how it gets destroyed because I have a kid. They're likely to destroy it. If it, it so you have like coffee tables that are all scratched up and they're weird. And especially when we were kids, they were like kind of vintage looking. There's one of those with a TV, an outdated flat screen monitor that said that it had the option to watch content on, but there was no con, there was no content. There was no like, there was nothing. It was just a non-working TV that basically said you could watch porn on it, but you couldn't. Um, so I just yeah, brought, let down. So I just brought my phone in and yeah. and and uh, yeah. Contaminated the sample. With the, I will with say the, I will say that you can tell you can tell that that the environment is not is not conducive to your best work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done it too, and I felt the same. Uh, let's move on to something that uh, Brian, you set us up with here. Hey, Bri, a cyborg computer combining AI and human brain cells. Turns out it's something that works. This is, and it's fucking this fast. is so wild. So a new biohybrid computer combining a brain organoid and a traditional AI was able to perform a speech recognition task with 78% accuracy, demonstrating the potential for human biology to one day boost our computing capabilities. Don't you love that word, organoid? Yes, dude, That's, I do. That is a nice word. Uh, the human brain is the most, this is really fascinating. So the human brain is the most energy efficient computer on earth. It's crazy. It takes like, it takes something like, like, um, like seven watts of energy. I actually Five got the numbers here. Nope, uh, you're both wrong. Uh, so a supercomputer, so just for context, a supercomputer needs 20 megawatts of power to process more than a quintillion calculation per second. And your brain can do the equivalent with just 20 watts. Now, 20 watts. for context, a megawatt is 1 million watts. Now, what are, what are watts? Okay, so um, to put this into context so that it might make a little more sense, uh, uh, our... Amazon Alexa, don't want to say too loud because she's over there listening. Uh, she takes three watts of power okay. to operate. Okay. Uh, Just to our, like turn on and do her yeah, functions do her thing. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Our TV here, this is a, a 130 watts. Okay. Uh, a dishwasher, 1500 watts. Ooh. A hot tub, 7500 watts. Ooh, those are the things that like make your power bill go up. Yeah. So our brain... Just 20 watts. Our brain is in between a TV and an Amazon. And, and, and an if Amazon you were Amazon. for like a human, like for human, um, like what you can like generate as a, as like a human powered object trying to power something like what, uh, if like the average person getting on a bike, what you're, when you go and pedal. All right. You measure you were, that in watts. Yeah. It's measured in watts. So if you were going to like pedal around the city you'd probably be like, if you were leisurely going around commuting A to B, you'd probably produce like 100 and 120 watts. So mm -hmm. enough to operate a TV. Yeah. Whereas like a professional cyclist might go up to like 450. Not enough to do a hot tub. Uh, so this has given researchers the idea to try boosting computers by combining them with a three-dimensional clump of lab-grown human brain cells known as a brain organoid. Wow. Uh, the human brain is, again, the most energy efficient computer on Earth. So what's new? A team from the University of Indiana Bloomington 
UB, UIB, has now unveiled uh, a new one of these type, these hybrid systems, which it calls BrainAware. <laughs> That's <laughs> Guys, a great go back name. to the drawing board. I don't like BrainAware. I like it. Um, it's like very, um, it feels like it could have been something from like uh, Reboot. Brain, yeah, BrainAware yeah. sounds like a 1990s like point and click computer <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. Um, uh, after growing a brain organoid from stem cells, the UIB team placed the tissue on a plate covered in thousands of electrodes. They could then use traditional computing hardware to deliver electrical pulses to the organoid and record its responding neural activity. To demonstrate how such a system might be used, the team converted 240 recordings of eight Japanese speakers saying vowel sounds into, into electrical pulses. They then trained an AI to predict which person was speaking based on the neural activity of the brain organoid in response to the electrical stimulation. BrainAware's predictions improved steadily during the training, and just after two days, it could predict the speaker with 78% accuracy. Uh, the BrainAware could be a precursor to a more advanced biocomputing system in the future. Just think about this. It's crazy. 20 years from now, the new home, like the family computer in the computer room, has fucking brain aware. In it. <laughs> well, it's also the, it's, it's, this, this it's is, this is, this is a Cronenberg movie, dude. This is fucking, this is like scanners. This is, this is body horror in, in, in its, in its like most distilled form. It sounds to me, and Brian, you probably, be, you probably have a better, you probably have a, a, an inkling as to whether I'm on the right track here better than I do. But like one of the, one of the big issues currently with a, with AI is like how to make it more efficient um, and how to use less power to do these like to, to do these computations that take, you know, all these parameters and, 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 and output and answer. Um, and the brain is so much more fit. The brain can do the same thing that an AI is doing with like, you know, a mega small fraction of what an, an, a computer is doing it in. And in terms um, of energy, in terms of yeah. energy, uh, energy usage and and that's a that's a huge obstacle at least with our current like mm. our current um infrastructure for that you know this maybe this is a a way of a, a way of taking that energy consumption way down mm. yeah yeah so, 100% and the, the interesting thing that i think about and like to be a little bit tinfoil hatty about it because this is a fun Let's thing go. to do that with um we we think about like what happens down the road as like humans slowly merge with technology and like, and they talk about this idea of like, can we download our consciousness and upload it into a robot? Um, well, like typically when you think of like a, a, a sort of like fire theory like that, you think of the human consciousness merging with some sort of like metal hardware, some sort of like device that is created. But what if that device was actually made out of human cells? And like, that's the, think about the crazy your, thing. Think about, about like, like, like the iPhone 20. It's just, <laughs> it's a fucking, it's part phone, part brain. Well, it has this like, imagine it's this like shell of like a, a device that it looks like now, but inside of it is actually it's like, throbbing like veins grown and, like yeah, brain yeah, matter. Yeah. Fuck, uh, I love it. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Do you guys want to see a video of a guy chainsawing his own leg off? Yes. Sweet. Okay. Let's do it. Yes. Uh, Are we allowed to this, watch this? Yep. Yeah, this guy is going to... This guy... Actually, sorry. He is letting somebody chainsaw his leg off. Here we go. Ready? Check that out. Boom. Oh. So what we're looking at here 
are a pair of chainsaw resistant pants. And what's built into the fabric of the pants is this woven um, type of like stringy fabric. And there's so much of it that when the chainsaw hits the pants, it tangles those, those fibers into the chainsaw and stops the chainsaw from activating. It probably fucks up the chainsaw um, and protects the person's leg. So that guy literally, it was an actual leg. If you're just listening again, YouTube, uh, you know, listen to our, our friend, uh, Alina over here, you can see the guy lets him try to chainsaw his shin off and it just stops the blade. That's, I mean, first of all, would you do that? Fucking did, it, trust. did it say yeah, what I, a functional I, After seeing the video, I'd be like, all right, let's try it. Did it say what a functional application is for it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's for like arborists. So like guys who are cutting down trees, uh, dudes who are doing like, I, I mean, there's probably other uses. I mean, fuck anyone who uses chainsaws for not magicians because like they really need to make sure their cuts go through. Yeah. But it's, it's, it, it's, it looks very cumbersome. Like I can't, the quite, pants, I, the yeah, pants, I can't, no, they're, they're, they're like, uh, oh, whoops, uh, they're, oh, whoops, uh, oh, fuck, whoops. <laughs> uh, they just look like, uh, really sweet uh, snow pants. Ooh, yeah, oh, dude. yeah, I, yeah. Man, that's, oh, I mean, man. it must, yeah, I guess, Love I, I guess it, it, there must be an issue with uh cutting your cutting your fucking leg off no like, doubt i would fucking say so dude it's a chainsaw i, did, I mean you just watched mandy yeah big chainsaw chainsaw fuck you up uh so uh let's talk about the pope for a second here um earlier this week pope francis uh called for a worldwide ban on surrogacy um which i which i thought was kind of interesting so uh, th- kyla this is- sent this to me and i go and i sent I, the, the my reply to her was well, it's a good thing that this person's opinion literally means nothing. <laughs> who, who said that? I said that to Kyla. Uh, yeah. Well, th- to you, because you're, because you're, I, I mean, to functional society. Yeah. Right. Well, man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's 1.6 billion Catholics in the world, and they take. I mean, the Pope is the Pope is so fascinating, isn't that? Isn't that the most interesting title? Right. Uh, like, it's like he's he is he. There's yeah. no one like the Pope. You've got the Pope and you've got, you've got the, um, uh, the Dalai Lama. But the Pope is really interesting. Yeah, He's technically he a president, kind of. But he doesn't like yeah. attend G20. Um, and he makes decisions for an entire group of, like, a huge swath of the population Yeah, that crosses borders. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, so it's, fucking weird. Yeah, but like, he's he a makes global like, decision maker and influencer. Yeah. 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 I would, I, I like kind you have of, the queen, dead, the pope, and, I think and of the, things, the Dalai Lama. I think of the things that the pope says you should or shouldn't do as, um, like, when, when we pass legislation in Canada or in any country that has, um, you know, that passes legislation is... You know, you sign something into law, it becomes a law. If you do or you don't do it, it there be, there, there's like pretty tangible consequences. There's then there's like a branch of enforcement that enforces those rules. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of see what he's doing as like bylaws. Well, like, yeah, but it's, it's like it's, social it, enforcement, it, yeah, though, which is a crazy it's culture. Yeah, it's, it's like cultural law. Yeah. Like right? people are people are often more likely to break real laws than they are like social laws. Yeah. So like like I'm I'm probably more likely to steal from a store than do something that would like go against like our social yeah. agreement of like what is okay in our friend group. Yeah. And, and look, I'll say this. So the Pope, so the Pope think, announced, yeah. uh, you know, calls for a worldwide ban on surrogacy, which my response to that is shut up. 
<laughs> you smug, sanctimonious bitch. Get out. Um, but, uh, but here's the thing is, and, and I will say this, the Pope, uh, this Pope, Pope Francis, and which also, by the way, like quite fucking progr- cool quite, Pope. Look at him. Quite, look pro- at him. quite progressive. Like, look at that fucking coat. You he's, know, he's been, he's been generally quite progressive. He's like, uh, what's his name in that sexy Pope show? The new Pope. Yeah. The crazy um, thing about and the Pope is, though, is that, is that it, it is a title and an idea, but like for the general population, most people don't even know who the guy is. It's just this like, like, I mean, I, I didn't even know the Pope's name. Well, Pope cause it's actually yeah, not Pope. his name. He's a totally different person. You know what, what I'm you, saying? No. Well, he's a he's who he is. He has his name, his given name. Grows up, he becomes whatever. Then he becomes a bishop. It's like the Dalai Lama, and then a cardinal, right? And then he and then he takes on a name when yeah. he becomes the Pope. It's like it's not even. That's not even his name. His name's not Francis. Um, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like he's a. It's a fascinating person. But I will say this: Pope Francis. Uh, this is a miss. But he has had some pretty sweet. Um, he's come through with some pretty sweet announcements. I think, you know, progressive, like, you know, he was like, Hey, alien life. Cool with me. Uh, you know, gay marriage. It's not so bad. Like, you know, it's just like, wake up, wake up people. Like let's get out of the fucking, but this one a little misguided. Um, I didn't really see, was there a reason? Yeah. So, so his reason I think is misguided. Um, and, and there, there's been a lot of backlash in the, in the Catholic community. Um, uh, he, he thinks that the practice um, exploits the women who carry them. So he said, quote, I deem deplorable the practice of so-called surrogate motherhood, which represents a grave violation of the dignity of the women and the child based on the exploitation of situations of the mother's maternal ne- uh, material needs. Um, uh, surrogacy turns a child into, quote, an object of trafficking, Francis said, saying a, quote, child is always a gift and never the basis of a commercial contract. Um, but here's the thing, Pope. Uh, so many factors that... Fucking Mother Mary was a surrogate, brother. <laughs> so what the fuck are you talking <laughs> yeah, about, dude? dude? Get the fuck out of here with that shit, you yeah, hypocrite. Dude, that's true, yeah, actually. Jesus was the product of a surrogate birth. You're goddamn yeah. right. You're goddamn pregnancy. right. And was he trafficked? Well, it's hard to say. I will say that I do, it depends I will, on who you ask. I will say that it that I don't I don't disagree that it is like I find it I, I find it I find there to be a an immense admir I, I see it from a different perspective. It's a it's a it's a huge admiration that people do it. Like I I mean there's that there's that oh, there's that episode of Kirby Enthusiasm That's where the he's, best. Where the best episode Larry's talking bullshit. Larry's talking to the surrogate mother yeah. and he ends up talking to to her about about um, a script that he's like sold yeah. and now they're taking this sold script that he created and they're, and they take the script and they change it and they work it around and it, and then it just becomes this, this horrible thing that I, God, I, I can't believe I gave it away. And he's <laughs> end of the episode, the surrogate mother runs out of the baby shower <laughs> to be like, I'm protecting this thing that yeah. I'm keeping to myself. It is like, a, so it, it, it is it blows my mind that yeah. somebody can do it, but the resulting feeling of that is is like is admiration Ooh. that somebody can do such a selfless, can perform such a selfless act, or people who are like it, fucking dying to and have the, and a the, child. And mm. the financial the yeah. financial transaction that's involved with it is a lot of times a a fair. 
yeah. a fair trade of like, you're about to go through something. You need resources to be able to like manage and cope with that. You're not going to be able to like, work for a chunk it's, of it. There must be yeah. a huge yeah. undertaking. There I has mean, to be, yeah. there's some, there's nuance in this though, in the sense of like, so like there's a bunch of different examples. I mean, you think of, of uh, Steph Stavros and her sister was her surrogate. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah. you know, there's like a family surrogate yeah. who wants to do that to be part of, yeah. you know, helping yeah. you have a child. It's much and, more nuanced. And, than, and yeah. but then there's also, you know, like in, in contrast to that there's probably, you know, marginalized people yeah. in, in situations that are taken advantage of and, and that's not okay too. So like, it's hard to, I mean, it's, it's so dumb to make a blanket statement yes. and say that yeah. that is yeah, the to, way to that call it is. for a worldwide ban is again misguided. It's mm-hmm. like okay, maybe there are some issues that need to be dealt with, but you can't fucking like you know you just it. shut up, <laughs> you smug sanctimonious bitch. Um, Get out. So uh, anyway, Pope, uh, you know I, I, that's a hot take. The drawing board on that one. It is a hot take. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, <clears throat> let's uh, let's talk about. Relax. I just want to take some pictures. Let's talk about psychopaths. Uh, psychopathic men. This is really interesting. Now, do you guys remember? Do you guys remember how? For the last nine years, we've been having this running joke that Taylor's a psychopath. Yes. Well, that I can. <laughs> I do remember. Let's that. look into the. <laughs> running joke okay i'm about to say something and let's just do some math let's just think psychopath this is a side post okay psychopathic men have more children study finds boom how many kids do you have zero how many kids do i have zero how many kids are you about to have two well 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 a new study examined (laughs) the link between psychopathic traits and number of children in a community sample of men and women finding that prototypical psychopathy was associated with having more children among men, but not women. This Mm. research was published in Evolutionary Behavioral Sciences. Psychopathy characterized by traits such as manipulativeness, callousness, can can manifest to varying degrees across genders and social contexts. Does it say anything about bullying? Uh, Do you guys find me manipulative? Well, I'm about... We wouldn't know, would we? Yeah. Well, just wait. Just you guys wait. The present study examined the relationship between psychopathic traits and offspring count in a general population of both men and women. So here's how it worked. Uh, Researchers Christopher Brazil and Anthony Volk recruited 253 young men, 243 young women, ages 25 to 35, to complete an online survey. Participants provided demographic information, including age, relationship status, and income. Additionally, they indicated the number of children they had, with response options ranging from zero to three or more children. The participants also completed what's called a short form 
of the self-report psychopathy measure, which consists of 29 items. The full form is 64 items. Uh, on a scale of one to five, so strongly disagree would be one, strongly agree would be five, this measure assesses psychopathy across multiple dimensions, encompassing uh, several subcategories, which would be things like um, intrapersonal traits, so interpersonal manipulation, e.g. I have pretended to be someone else in order to get something, um, active characteristics, um, e.g. I, uh, I never feel guilty over hurting others, uh, lifestyle tendencies, e.g. I enjoy doing wild things, <laughs> and, uh, and antisocial behaviors, e.g. I have broken into a building or vehicle in order to steal something this, or vandalize. This sounds familiar to the survey that you asked Taylor and I to fill out last night. It sure does, and we're going to go into those test results right after this. So first, Brazil and Volk observed that having a partner was associated with a higher income for both men and women. And a number of children was correlated with men's, but not women's, income. Relationship status and age emerged as predictors for number of children in both genders. Interestingly, the researchers noted that among women, only the antisocial facet of psychopathy was associated with number of children. In contrast, when it came to men, the number of children was associated with the intrapersonal, effective, and antisocial facets of psychopathy. Notably, the lifestyle facet, wild things, right? did not exhibit any significant association with no number of children for either men or women. Furthermore, in men, the presence of prototypical psychopathy was linked to number of children. Women's likelihood of having more children was primarily influenced by their relationship status and age. Uh, a limitation to the current study is that the researchers did not differentiate between biological and stepchildren. So there's one thing there. And previous research has indicated that psychopathic men involved in the justice system may be more inclined to form relationships with women who already have children. Thus, this would be an important consideration for future research. Uh, the, the conclusion here, uh, according to Brazil and Volk, quote, our findings call for more research on the possible links between psychopathic traits and, and um, indices? Indices. Indices of adaptive outcomes in community as well as justice involved and high-risk populations of men and women. Now, okay, whatever. Most of that was just to get us into the fact that I found the SRP. It's called the SRP3, SRP2, the self-report psychopathy measure. Uh, it is a self-reporting quiz that you take, 64 questions, uh, based on a one to five scale. And uh, looking into this self-reporting um, I figured that that's what it was. Quiz. <laughs> it's it's actually quite it's actually quite fascinating. So let me give you some background on what I know about this um, this this self report study. Okay, so this was um, this was created by a number of uh, scientists, psychology um, researchers, and um, what they did was they took this this quiz. And they gave it to a number of peop uh, uh, people within a population. Um, the th there was three main sort of uh, groups that they gave this out to to get the responses. So we have, um, we have offenders from Wisconsin. Uh, Specific. We have college students in Offend Texas. Offenders like, like, of like law. Yeah, yeah like people who are in jail. Who are in jail or have been to jail. Mm -hmm. So uh, Wisconsin offenders. We have Texas college students. And then we have... Um, just community members, specifically in Eugene, uh, which I think Oregon. Yeah. So I'm surprised that they took those uh, populations from different locations because maybe the location could have an effect on the results. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, but I think so. I think what's behind this is you've got offenders, which they're you're probably assuming yeah. they're probably rate a little higher. You've got college students, which, you know, their brains aren't maybe fully developed. So maybe they live their life a little bit more recklessly and or, you know, uh, without thought. So that will, you know, it'd be interesting to see those numbers stack to the uh, the offenders. And then you have just the general community. And perhaps, you know, I think the assumption would be those lows are probably be the lowest. Right. So. Um, so just for context, like types of questions, right, I'll go through the first five questions. Uh, number one, I'm a rebellious person. You either disagree strongly, disagree, neutral, agree, or strongly agree. Um, I'm a more tough-minded person than other people. What did you, what, what did you guys, and that question in particular, what did you, how did you think about that question? What did you think that the intention of the, the context of tough-minded was? Tough-minded? I, uh, I Googled it to confirm, and it, it said, um, like, if you have a, an opinion on something, you're not easily swayed. Oh, okay. mm. uh, number remember. three was, I think I could beat a lie detector test. Uh, number four was, I have taken illegal drugs, i.e. marijuana or ecstasy. Uh, number five, I have never been involved in, a, in delinquent gang activity. Okay. So, so again, when we look at the... What did you say to that one? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hell yeah, brother. Like 10 out of 10. <laughs> when we look at the different types of, um, of questions that are asked here, um, <clears throat> I want to just go into the subcategories. So... So they broke down uh, the the questions into four separate subcategories that I kind of talked about there at the top. But those subcategories are IPM, which means interpersonal manipulation. There's callous effect. Taylor's going to pee. Should we wait for? I think I feel like we should pause. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let's uh, let's wait for him to get back because he's going to need is, to know. This is fucking important, <laughs> and I think the world's going to be a little bit rocked. I was actually ner- and we can actually keep talking on this for a second because yeah, when you vamp. when you sent me the um, when you sent me the the survey, I was a little bit nervous about filling it out and I didn't know, I didn't pick up on what the intent was. I tried not to think about it too much. I yeah. just tried to like I just told you fill out the questions and 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 not think too much about yeah. it. And um and so when I heard uh, like kind of got the idea that this was about uh psychopathy I immediately um, breathed a sigh of relief because I know that this is about Taylor. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out once we read these. Uh, Unless these there's results. a massive curveball and yeah, I'm the psychopath, yeah. but um, who knows? Uh, but it isn't. I wonder, like, I wonder where the like who got the idea of going. Hey, let's see if number of children has to do with like psychopathy. It, it, the first thing I thought of when we, when I read this was. Um, Narcissistic personality disorder. No, it was what's his name down uh, down the states, uh, Mister Sperminator. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Um, that guy's got hundreds of what kids. Was his, what was his name? I could I could see that, and also I I do think of like narcissism in the sense that like totally. Oh, like I need to spread my seed. Well, we had a lot of people write in after we interviewed him, being like, "This guy sounds like a fucking narcissist," and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, "Well, interesting." I mean, maybe, but I don't know. I don't I don't know. Uh, but if if maybe he. Maybe if he took this test. So I'll, I'll go back to, uh, so we have, we have the, uh, the four subcategories that, the, that some of the questions fall. So each, each subcategory is tied to a certain amount, the same amount across of questions in the, in the uh, survey. So there was, there was the same amount of questions that tie into interpersonal manipulation. So ways that you manipulate people within your own life. Uh, number two was callous effect. So, um, 
a lack of empathy or care for others. Uh, number three was erratic lifestyle. So, you know, uh, living, living on the edge or, you know, like a, a, a lack of care for your own safety, maybe. And then the final one was antisocial behavior. And that's, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's often tied to like psychopathy. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about antisocial behavior. Um, let's see, antisocial personality disorder, which would be tied to this, is a particular challenging type of personality disorder characterized by impulsive, irresponsible, and often criminal behavior. Okay, there we go. Um, so let's get into the results here. I'm going to give you the results of the different, the different groups. You that are the father. Took, that took this <laughs> test. So, uh, so again, entry items are on a five-point scale. So the overall score is like between one and five. One would be you are, you are absolutely so far from psychopathy. Five would be you are Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay? Okay. So the overall scores for the offenders in Wisconsin was 2.97, almost a three. Mm -hmm. Okay. The college students are here. Actually, let me, uh, I'll jump down to the community members. So the community of Eugene, 1.75. So quite low compared to so, the, and, and this isn't, that's a, that's a, that's 1.75 as an average of one to five. So like as the average, an average over all the questions, including all the subcategories this is like, this was your final score. Sure. Mm -hmm. So you have, uh, you have 1.75 for the community members. You have 2.97 for the offenders. Now college students, where do you think they kind of ended up uh, within like compared to those two scores? Uh, above. I think they're the highest. I think, you think they're, they're above the and offenders. I, and I think probably somewhat significantly higher. I would say, I would say 3.6. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking my gut instinct was higher than the offenders because okay. the offenders was low for me. Uh, so it's 2.2. So it is, it is in between, it's right in between the two. Okay. Um, and I think that is exactly what they would have assumed. Um, now let's get into, let's get into our scores. So I took the test with Kira and, uh, and I tried to on, uh, answer them as honestly as possible. And I had her, I cross-referenced with her to make sure I wasn't, you know, fudging. I did, I did the same with Maddie. Yeah. And Taylor did it by himself. Uh, Antisocial. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Um, so let's go through each subcategory. Okay. So the first one, intrapersonal manipulation. Uh, the offenders were a 2.8 on, on that one. I'm probably the, I'm similar. The college students were a 2.38 on that one. And the community members were 1.94. So again, following the same kind of pattern as their overall scores. In our scores, with intrapersonal manipulation, who do you think came in the lowest? You. Who do you think? Who's I think I, 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 me, me, Jeremy. Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think? I mean, I, 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 on any of the manipulation questions, I answered one on. I feel like almost all of them. Taylor came in at the lowest, 2.18. In comparison to the college students, that is below them. 2.38 is the college students. It's exactly what a manipulating person would do. Yeah, it's true, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I came in just above Tay at 2.3, 2.37. Uh, Brian came in above the offenders. I'd said I was at probably 2. at 2.93. That's what I guessed. Questions that would fall under this would be things like... Um, I find it difficult to manipulate people or um, things like I've pretended to be somebody else to get to in order to like get something I want or um, 
you know, I, I believe that people are uh, easily manipulated. Okay, so so I, you're, I, I just, you're I just, cherry picking questions there. Well, actually, I know the first one and the second one I answered higher on, but it was also like, I believe something. First, not, one, not, first one and the second one are... are um, was first and the third one, which was, I believe that I, like I could manipulate people. Right. If the one, I, the one but like, I don't. Like the, but like the, I think that I could. I don't want to highlight. I don't want to highlight. I don't want to go into like the flaws that I found it that I found yeah, in these yeah, questions yeah. too much. But like in that particular question, like I find it very difficult to manipulate people. I would have answered. I answered. I'm almost certain I answered five on that because. Yeah, you you agree that you find it difficult to manipulate people, right? But there's two contexts that you could interpret that under. You could say I try and it's difficult, or you could say it's difficult for me to manipulate somebody because I, my constitution doesn't allow for so manipulation. Let me, let me put yeah. it this way. If you said I try and it's difficult for me, then, but there's no room for that. It's only one question. Right. But what I'm saying is that even if that's what you thought, so you went, well, I try to ma manipulate people. It never works. So I don't, I, so I strongly agree to the fact that, um, I, I do not think that people are easily manipulated. A, a psychopath would go, would go, I try and it works. Can you read the question again? Like that first question? The manipulate people yeah. thing? Um, uh, I got to find it here. Sorry. Um, I find it difficult to manipulate people. So I read that as like, if I was, if I was to manipulate something, because it's talking about manipulating people, would I find that difficult to do? Not like, do I try to manipulate people right. and find it difficult? Right. So I was like, if I had to manipulate someone to do something, would I find it difficult? And I was like, uh, I don't think I would find it that difficult. Right. That's what a psychopath would say. <laughs> I, I put neutral because I think that everyone is is it, everyone can be, we're being manipulated every single day through fucking ads. Well, that's what I believe. That's right. what I, that's right. what I was saying. But I don't uh, think that I would have an easy time manipulating someone. Did I say easy? You yeah, pretty much. You said okay. I strongly. You said five. You were like I fucking. Or sorry, no, I didn't. One. You I said didn't one. Say, I didn't. I didn't you said I said I two on it. Yeah, I, think. I mean, yeah, this just highlights the, yeah. the 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 flaw. But anyway, in the, anyway, in the anyway. What, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. You're ruining the effect of this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who gives a fuck about the uh, scientists made this? They're I'm smarter than us. The point is, is that Again, I'm it, higher there, than the question. One of the other questions was uh, was I was. Um, I could have made a better uh, uh, quiz, and and you guys were like strongly agree, uh, which a, which a psychopath would say. Okay, so so let's move on to callous effect. Okay, so the offenders two point seven five, college students again two point three one just below, and the community members one point eight eight. Who's the lowest out of us? Uh, me. I think I'm uh, probably two point one two. Oh, sorry, Brian. I thought no, I was the lowest. You are. You are two point zero six. I'm two point one two. What do you think, uh, Tay? You were the highest. Or what's the what was the highest of the group surveyed? Uh, the offenders were at two point seven five. Yeah, I'm probably higher than that. Significantly, <laughs> three point two five, <laughs> which uh, which is not quite the highest score across the whole thing, but it's the second highest. The highest is in the next column. Well, I will say, okay, let's just let's linger for a moment. Sure. <laughs> the reason. Is not because yeah, yeah. I explain am, yourself. Like, there was one question that was like, "Would would people uh, describe you as cold-hearted or something along those lines?" And no, no. Uh, would people describe you as warm? Right, but there was also a cold-hearted yeah, question. Was, oh, yeah. okay, okay. So like they they did often ask the same question in the inverse. Mm -hmm. Um, and I <laughs> now it's like it just seems like you're explaining it away. But like <laughs> I'm going. 
I can see how people might think that about me, but I don't think that's the reality of me in my resulting actions. I could see how people might could feel like that with an, with an interaction with me, but the resulting actions that come out of who I am as a person wouldn't really reflect that. But I could understand how, that, how people might mm-hmm. see that. And especially how you guys reinforce it all the time. Um, <laughs> I was a one on that question. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Bri, uh, you were the you were the lowest there um, with a two point six. Uh, moving on to erratic zero six. Sorry, right. yeah, two point zero six. Moving on to erratic lifestyle. Uh, offenders were a three point three one. College students were a two point five six. So pretty high, pretty high. Uh, again, college students, you know, they love wild lives. Um, community members, 1.94. I'm higher on this. Uh, I, I think uh, I was the lowest with a 2.81, which is still over the student, the college students. Uh, so that should say something. I think, I oh, think rather, uh, sorry, sorry. Taylor was the lowest 2.75. I came in after Tay 2.81. Oh, Ooh. yeah. How high sorry. was I? <laughs> so the offenders were a 3.31. Bro, you got to buy a motorcycle, dude. Uh, and get an eye patch. You were a three point five six. So uh, when I put I so um, uh, I put all of this my information only into ChatGPT, and yeah. I asked it like, "Tell me about my person." I thought this was like a personality, personality test, assessment, yeah. and I was like, "Tell me about myself." And it was like, "You are adventurous," yeah. and I think that that's where I got this from. But yeah, yeah. antisocial behavior, uh, which is the final of the four. Uh, offenders came in pretty, pretty high at a three, uh, college students came in pretty low at a 1.56 and the community members came in even lower than that 1.25. Um, I came in the lowest, which was lower than the college students at a 1.31. Brian came in, uh, second with a two, just a flat two. I also just want to flag cause obviously I'm the highest. <laughs> Brian and I have all the all the law breaking activity that I've ever been involved in is also involved. Brian, um, I was honest with my answer, so so I just want to put that out there. I've been in and <laughs> and one of the ways in which I was looking at all these questions and going, well, a lot of how these, high was Taylor? A lot of these I thought differently when I was a kid or was different as a kid than I am now. So like uh, so like question ten is an example here of antisocial behavior. Uh, I have tricked someone into giving me money. I said no I was a one. I said one on that. I, I mean, I don't know what your scores were. I didn't look at your. I didn't look at your answers. I just put it in the chat GPT. Oh, um, but uh, well, who knows? Uh, so Taylor, you weren't that much higher than Bry. You were a two point one two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Makes so sense. the final overall scores. Those are low scores. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, the overall scores. So a reminder: the offenders were two point nine seven. The community members were 1.75. I already, I did the math in my head. I'm, I know. Brian, <laughs> Brian is the most psychopathic out of us, according to this, with a 2.64. Taylor is right behind him at a 2.58. And I'm lagging a little bit further behind with a 2.16. Um, we, we, I'm the only one who came in under the college students. And you two were pretty much should be behind bars. Well, you know, so there was one question here that was like, do you think that the, that most people are wimps? Something, it was something yeah, on those yeah, lines. Yeah. And like, really, I think what this really proves is that the answer to that question is yes. 
uh, is I strongly agree, yeah. I guess, because yeah. like, like, what'd you guys answer for? A lot of people are suckers and can be easily fooled. <laughs> I was neutral. I think I put two See, or three. This is the thing about that. Like I answered like a, like, I think I was, I was like, oh, I'm neutral on that because I think the statement is, I mean, it's, it's such a crazy statement to make that yeah. to say a lot of people yeah. are that. Yeah. Which is the well, flaw uh, but like a psychopath would be like, absolutely, they yeah, are. blanket statements. But saying neutral is not disagreeing, so therefore, in a sense, it agrees. It's right. You know? also, it, yeah, exactly. Also, because it's three points on the overall average. That's right. Scores. And so, so there are questions in there that the score is reversed. So the questions like, yeah, uh, um, like when you score it, you reverse the score. So if you put a five, you actually get a one. Um, right. If if you if you got one of those reverse scores and you answered a three, you get a three. Yeah, exactly. It just right. stays three. So the, the, the interesting thing about this is that the vast majority of these questions were yes or no answers. Yeah. Like they weren't, there wasn't this, there wasn't really yeah, a scale in, into for, depth. A, for a See, lot of them. Yeah. I liked, so when I put it into, I'm not going to read it, but when I put it into ChatGPT as a personality assessment and asked it to like tell me something interesting about myself, it, it focused on the areas where I strongly agreed or strongly disagreed as the ones that mean more personally to me. So it was like, you sure. tend yeah. to strongly yeah. disagree yeah. on things that would be questions around like being unem unempathetic. So like you are more yeah. empathetic. Now, what if you took now, I'd be curious to know what ChatGPT would say if you put it in there with the context of what this was about. Yeah. Um, but also we'll talk about that off air. Uh, there's something you should know if you do do that. Okay. okay so, uh, so that's, that's that, that was fun. And uh, congratulations, Taylor. You are no longer the most psychopathic out of all of us. Let's move on to just super but there, there has to be though, though, just to just to have like some sort of rebuttal in this, because our scores were so similar, and the fact that he Psychopaths has two kids. Want the last word. Well, he has two kids, yeah. so I, yeah, um, and that's saying, the thing is like that, that's the thing, like that's the indicator. That is the kid. And, thing. Yeah. So so right. so I actually take back what I said. Right. And you are the psychopath. Okay. Uh, let's uh, one more video here. We don't have to go into depth on this. I just want to show you. Uh, if you have psoriasis on the face, this is something apparently that you could do. It doesn't cure it, but it treats it very well. Uh, these are a specific type of fish that will sense that this guy has psoriasis and they go fucking ham. I've done this um, with my feet. Yeah, so it's these fish just chew, like I guess suck the fucking psoriasis out of his face. No, they chew the, They chew your dead skin. Look at they, that. They eat your dead skin. I've done this in Thailand. That must feel so good. It yeah. is. It does actually feel super good. Um, but that uh, that's not actually what we're here to talk about with What the Health. We are going to go into a new dating service. Well, it's actually not new. This is kind of old. Um, a smell-based dating service lets your scent Ooh. do the talking. I mean, I smell you. it's like, you know, I mean... If you, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a statement on what scents are good or bad because that is uh, subjective. But what scents, like not scents, no, right? Yeah. But if you were, if you, if you were looking at somebody from afar and you were making like an appearance-based judgment on like whether you were attracted to somebody, a scent is going to override that one way or, or could override that one way or the other. I think, in, yeah. I think in both directions. So uh, this new dating service, um, <laughs> it's like Tinder, but for body odor. Uh, it's uh, the smell of love is in the air, literally, uh, in a new conceptual online dating platform called Smell.Dating. Uh, by the way, this photo, if it's showing right now, uh, is, has nothing to do with this. I just found this on the internet and it's oh. fucking hilarious. <laughs> it, is, um, it is hilarious. Yeah. That's <laughs> insane. Um, so the idea... Conceived by artist and environmental engineer Tiga Brain, 
and her colleague, uh, uh, and her colleague Brainhouse. That really vice. You got to fucking check up on your shit there. Uh, is to put the pheromones you generate while swiping through Tinder or scanning OkCupid okay messages to good use. Smelling a prospective date, they posit, is all you need to decide if you are compatible. And there's something to be said for this. Um, I was actually talking to a friend who she was telling me about her ex. And she was saying, man, I, I, his scent still haunts me. Um, and not in like the haunts me because it was so bad. Haunts me because I was fucking like, like an like an alcoholic to liquor. Uh, it was just, I could not get enough of it. And it was really just a scent. And, and she's never had that with another partner. But not that she wanted to just smell him all the time. No, no. It, there it was something. It her with like it, it, lust or yes, whatever. Yes, yeah. Like it really mm. fucking invigorated her. Just his scent. So if I, I had, if I had a dating app that you had the ability to smell the person on it before you. Uh, it's even hilarious. It's just, it's hilarious uh, I would you. I would use that feature. Well, the, so, I don't so, want to know. So here's how it goes. The smell.dating website describes the process as the following. Number one, we send you a t-shirt. Number ten, two, you wear the shirt for three days and three nights without deodorant. Number three, you return the shirt to us in a prepared, uh, prepared envelope. Number four, we send you swatches of other t-shirts worn by a selection of other individuals. Wow. Number five, you smell the samples and tell us who you like. Number three, if someone who smells you likes the smell of you too, we'll facilitate an exchange of contact information. Number seven, the rest is up to you. They don't get to see this person. They don't get any other information other than the, the scent of the swath that they got from the person wearing a shirt for three days, three nights. It would be way other. better with pictures though like i, I think mean, it'd be way better with fucking underwear dude <laughs> or fucking socks no, dude, you gotta pay for that. that's 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 prime, that's prime me, material that made me feel weird notice how the process includes no profile pictures no likes no dislikes no bio no app the project is vastly different from the common wisdom about what makes a good online dating service and it's founded on serious research quote unlike sight and sound smell is interpreted first in terms of memory and emotion before being mapped to language. Uh, reads, reads the website citing sources as diverse as a 2010 study from uh, Experimental Biology and Medicine and the research of Immanuel Kant. Quote, the olfactory apparatus is a non-trivial source of information and the extent of its impact on our social lives is currently unknown. Now, last week we talked about the smell of tears, of female tears, lowers aggression in males. It lowers testosterone. Wow. And, and it's not the smell of tears like, oh, I'm smelling the tear and I can smell the scent. I can smell it and it's having an effect. It, I'm talking like the same way. It's a, it's a chemo signaling the, it, that is not unlike how a, a group of ants will blast out pheromones to warn the, 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 uh, the tribe that, would that be, there's like a, a bird guys, that's, eating them or something. That's a solution to the political divide is to allow 4chan users it's to smell liberal tears. I, I, I fucking divide. wish I had that prepped. If they could just... <laughs> divide. If they could smell the tears of, of the liberal left, those 4chan users, it would, it would make them feel more empathetic. Fuck, man. I mean, you're uh, based on this research. It, it, they they would say you're right. I I like this is. I think this is cool. The smell, like I I appreciate the smell 
thing, but like I would feel like you'd ha- it'd have to be paired with more information. Yeah, it feels it, like way too much of a. It feels like a, a shot in the sell, dark. and it also okay, it also feels from the pers- from the business perspective, it sounds like a like a resource intensive uh, <laughs> situation. Yeah, um, but I I will say this: like I do like I do like this idea. I do like the idea of taking away the, I mean, online dating has really, even with like, even with the apps that have tried to move away from this, it's still just a variation of hot or not. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know what the problem with smell is, is that, is that I would be worried that, uh, you know, somebody who's wearing the shirt, knowing that they're wearing it, trying to get their scent on it for three days, like sprays on some sort of cologne or like, puts on some sort of deodorant that they wear that like that would mask their real real true bodily odor and lead you astray when you are sniffing those t-shirt swatches. Sorry, say that again. It's so like say I got the shirt and yeah. I was going to put it on and wear it for 3 days. I'd want to like make sure that I I'm fresh while No, I'm they so no, like, you're not allowed. It's no no deodorant. You, okay. it, it, like they're so looking pure, for your fucking rank, but, but you, you can, don't no, think that like shower. somebody's gonna like. Yeah, don't you, shower. sure you can shower, but like, but then using like you're not allowed to use scented. I wouldn't. Soaps I'd be like, I'm gonna give you my fucking stink. Yeah, right. And you're gonna take it. But I'd be worried that like of the comparable swatches, you're ranking against somebody who did use that. Like, it would be funny if you wash. if you got one and you smelled like it just smelled like roses. I'd be a, like, well, I guess that's this the thing. Pretty. That's the thing about scents is that she smells hot. Roses, like we we mask our own scents on a day to day. Like everybody does that to some extent. Right. I would do that. I would do that because I don't want you to smell it. But when I'm when I'm when I've got a little bit of like stank going. Dude, Kira, you said, Kira that, you said that so many times now. It's, Kira wants to trying to make me feel uncomfortable. She buries her nose in it. She mm. loves it. Oh, yeah, now here's the thing. I will say this. So, so back to Emmanuel Kant. Um, one of the interesting things that he said go, guys. <laughs> was, however, when it comes to long-term romantic partnership, it may actually be riskier to ignore the powerful signal of scent than to rely on it. Smell researchers even speculate that high contemporary divorce rates may be related to the overuse of deodorants and the underuse of our natural olfactory intelligence. I know you're, I, I see the face you're making, Taylor, but again, let me just re- reinforce. Think about the, the, the study that we've, we talked about last week about the, the effect that tears have on a, on a, um, on a hormonal level. Like it's, it's these things that we can't tangibly, tangibly necessarily put our finger on, but it has like a direct impact on our brain chemistry and our, our like internal yeah, yeah. feelings, right? It's I, that's I, why I, they say your nose knows. Yeah, I understand. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I for sure don't dispute uh, that it is a factor um, that is, uh, that is present, but like, and, and maybe it's just the way that it's worded is like, that divorce rates when you hear like divorce rates linked to this that what's not what's not being said in that sentence is that it's like it's linked to that and then you could run a uh, you could run a study for a thousand other things that you could also find that it's linked to and that and the reality is the likely reality is that it's those thousand things commingled in a specific way that produce the outcome right but again that science is yeah. doing the work to try to figure it out yeah, what's this? yeah. Um, for me personally, I can't, this is, this is what I would sound like if I get, if I got the swath, I'd go. What's this? My nose detects something new that's delicious. I, uh, I must follow my nose. Is that Toucan Sam? Yeah. 
Uh, I uh, my nose sucks. So yeah, because yeah. it's filled it sure with does. mucus and so, stuff. Uh, so I don't think I don't think it would make a difference for me. So, no, so I, I you know th- I think the big part the big point here is that uh, is how important smell can be can potentially be to our relationships. Uh, jamming our ability to smell untrustworthiness could be a reason for high divorce rates. That's one thing. Um, Levine and Brain uh, mix this incredible body of scientific research with common practices of established online dating services for an experience that improves and critiques the whole concept of, you know, hot or not internet dating. Uh, They've tinderized their service by ensuring you only hear from those whom you match, which also is kind of nice. Quote, mutual matching is funny as it's an algorithmic attempt to save you from rejection. Isn't that a dream? Love without rejection. But we're incorporating that as it's a nice promise, uh, Brain tells the creator's project. Quote, but unlike dating sites, we're deliberately con- uh, collecting almost no user data. The gender, sexual preference, or age of our users remain unknown to us and to each other. Uh, our service is so much about disconnecting you from your inevitable prejudices and giving you a chance to see what your subconscious visceral perception selects. But wait, they're, but they're, wait. But no, but they are sorting. They are, you are, you must be able to say, I'm straight. No, uh, no. You, if you, if you like the smell of that man, and Dude, could you imagine if they just matched like, you and they were like, "Well, it's a man, so you're so you're gay. You're, you're obviously you, you're gay. All, yeah, and you right. haven't accepted it yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then all of a sudden you're like, "Fuck, am I? Oh Damn. no! Like, I've never thought about that." Uh, the service costs uh, twenty five dollars a pop, covering materials alone. Can we do it? We should do it. I, it would be interesting to try it. I, I wonder if there's st- like this was 2016, so. You know, the world's the world changes quite. Oh, uh, yep, there it is. Hey, all right, how it works and sign up. Uh, I gotta go, guys. Guys, we should. I would like to do that. I think that would be a strong predictor for if Kyle would leave me or not. If, if you, you started, if doing you just that did it, if I signed, if I signed up, up, if I signed up for a, a service, no matter what, which involved me getting materials of clothes that other people have worn <laughs> and me smelling them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just you, the you, idea of yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also that you run the risk of finding your true love. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and it may be a man. <laughs> Could be. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap up. Thanks folks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. This was a really fun episode. And, uh, if you want to support the podcast, um, do, uh, do what our, our friend, uh, Alina. Alina did and come on over to YouTube, watch the episodes. It's fun mm-hmm. over here. Um, um, you can put it on the background and, you know, every once in a while when we're watching this, just take a peek over and look at Brian's face when he realizes how much of a psychopath he is. Um, and uh, of course, if you want to further support the podcast, come on over to our Discord. Lots of great conversations happening there. A really beautiful group of people. Um, and we appreciate everybody who's over there. And we also appreciate all of our patrons while I'm at that. And uh, uh, if you want to leave a rating or review, uh, not if you want to, if you don't want to fucking do it anyway, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever fucking weird app you're using. If it's not one of those two, um, if it has that ability and make sure you leave five stars, hit, the, your pod hit the subscribe button, uh, ding the bell, knock the notification uh, button and, gotta uh, go. <laughs> and tell yeah. your parents and to listen And for the to sake it. of Brian, just go over to the site. And if you want to be a guest on the show, fill out the form. I do want to say really quick, uh, they should... Uh, um, pet adoption places like the SPCA should send you smell tests of of animals. Of the dog farts, love, not their farts. No, I, I man, love I love smell. Bigby's I lo- fart smell. I love the smell of Rupert. I don't know. I love everything about Bigby. Stinks, but I love it. I I also love a stinky dog. Donut's got a nice stink. He smells um, like um, oatmeal <laughs> with a little bit that of cheddar. Be his name. 
Oatmeal? Cheddar. Oatmeal is a good name. Be cute, yeah. uh, guys, I got the best dog Cheddar name. Cheddar oatmeal, yeah. I heard the best dog name over the holidays, which I want to name my Zesty next Zesty cheese Dorito oatmeal. <laughs> which is, uh, uh, what about the name Howdy for a dog? That's cute. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks, Jeff Lonis, Donovan Morgan, uh, all the other people. Hanukkah, we love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, big shout out. Uh, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I am Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. One thing I try not to do is go with product. Oh, yeah. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.